Hello and welcome to a Taylor's Tales podcast. This is Chris's Corner. I'm your host, Chris Taylor, and I'm back this week with a brand new podcast and a new guest. Of course, it's back for the second time. No, third time. Yeah, he's been on this. Wow. Yeah. There you go. Re- reoccurring podcast. It's Jordan Green. Oh, it must be fourth time, right? It's four- Star Wars. Oh, Star Wars Boys twice. Ah, that's Star it. Wars Boys twice. Oh my goodness, I'm getting it wrong on my own podcast. Thanks for uh, <laughs> correcting me there. Yeah, man, it's only because I've been binging the hell out of the podcast that I, I'm uh, so up to date on it, you know? <laughs> You're the only one. No, I'm kidding, but there's a few. There's a few. There's a, there's a few loyal listeners out there. Thank you very much, anyway, for your time. And, you know, it's this week, we're going to be talking about something a little bit more serious. I do have a lighthearted tone for like, as you've heard, 90% of the podcasts, I like to be a little bit less serious and a little bit more joyful in, in, in finding things. And that was why I started in the first place was to basically lighten things up because people were depressed in COVID and to have some interesting conversations. Uh, but this week we're talking about Chester Bennington, who sadly passed away in July of 2017. One of my heroes growing up along with uh, in the previous podcast I spoke about Robin Williams he was another hero growing up I I know most people will be thinking ah oh, there's a theme they kill themselves what is going wrong here Chris you're you're idolizing people who uh, are people who are thoroughly depressed I think it's actually because yeah, do we need to talk do we need to talk exactly <laughs> this is the no thankfully one of the others is Dave Grohl so Dave Grohl is a happy lovable life person so that's that's good yeah he's but, doing he's doing all right He's doing all right. But for me, it's the people who care the most about others and they put themselves second to other people in some ways, but they put their craft and their art and their ability to make other people happy first in some ways. And maybe that is a negative as we're going to address today with Chester. But for me, I think it is admirable that they were able to put that craft first and be able to change so many lives i mean jordan for you when sometimes was the first you think time? that the craft might be one of the things keeping them afloat you know yeah that's a big one and for, for me whenever i'm thinking of lincoln park is the the lyrics and and the the darkness within it so there's definitely that is that chester's link to that was was there mm. i was gonna ask ask you when was the first time you'd listened to lincoln park or or chester in general um it's got to go easily back to the year four or five at primary school, maybe even earlier. But um, I had some friends who were into the same sort of stuff. They had I didn't have an older brother, but they had older brothers who obviously had listened to this stuff and they had, had CDs back in those days. And um, I think they sort of introduced me to it. So I remember they'd come to school singing these songs and mentioning these bands. And I was like, what the hell is this? I've never heard that in my life because I was... Like, don't get me wrong, like I said before in the other podcast, I was raised on heavy metal and stuff, but there was these newer bands at the time, like Linkin Park, and I'd never really heard of it. And then I used to stay at my grandparents' house on the weekends, just because they were awesome, it was a thing to do. Um, and they had they had Sky TV, which we didn't have at home at the time, and they had channels like Kerrang! and Scott. And I started hearing Linkin Park on there, and do you ever get it where you've you've heard of a band and you sort of build a preconception about what they're going to sound like and then when you hear the first time you're like oh, holy shit this is awesome this is nothing like I thought it was going to be yeah. yeah so I had I had that sort of thing 
and from there on, big old fan. And then yeah. I had another friend who I um we used to hang out or go stuff together when we were little, and one of us had a Lincoln Park CD, and we used to make our mum or dad, whoever who was driving, put it on in the car. <laughs> So that became the soundtrack for every car journey. And yeah, it, it all started off pretty early, pretty early on. Love that. I mean, that's crazy for me because I didn't discover, I mean, for me, it was either one of two years. It was either 2007 when I was 11 or 2009 when I was 13. So you were way ahead of the times. That's, that's crazy. I love that. I mean, mine's a little bit more embarrassing. I discovered it was either in 2007 because of Twilight. I know, I know. Don't, yep, we'll move on from that. But either ah. that or 2009. <laughs> <laughs> um, leave Out All The Rest uh, was, I think on, it was either 2009, the newer album. No, 2007 was... I want to say, not the hunting party. I can't remember the album off the top of my head, but leave out all the rest was. Yeah, I know. I know. I still think of that as like their new stuff. It is. I I was just about to get onto that because like they're considered at the time they were considered new metal, weren't they? Like, Mm. and they got criticized for that very heavily in the beginning. I was going to ask you, did you see that? Hmm. Yeah, I know they got a load of stick. It's the same as like Limp Biscuit and stuff. Introducing the awesome. okay, <laughs> But yeah, it's just that whole sort of era got got a lot of stick. You know, like the 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 big baggy jeans and chunky skate shoes era, as I like to call it. So good, so good. Or as I know them, but it's it's one of those things now where people look back on it very fondly, and they think, well, it can't have been that bad if if you if you miss it. Dude, there's a level of nostalgia for the 90s that has never gone away, I don't think, for a lot mm-hmm. of people and for the early 2000s, um, me included on this one, for, for the early 2000s. And when, when you say the baggy jeans and the, and the massive trainers, that's such a, like, I always think of, like, Tony Hawk's pro skater. I'm thinking, like, the early sort of, like, vibes of the 90s punk. In the yeah, era. dude. Oh, so good. So good. That, that was the time to be alive. Oh, you know, no social media. We just, you were just in the moment sort of thing. And that is hard to yeah, come um, by nowadays. You tell, you tell your friends where and when, and then everyone was just there. Right. I, you know what? I feel, your social yeah. media, your friends were and then, and then it gets to the day they're like, oh, you still going? <laughs> That's so Which true. We're, we're all guilty of it, but times are just different, man. Times, times are built different. That's the phrase nowadays, isn't it? Times are built, <laughs> built different. different. But I think, I guess, as well, what we fail to remember with that is that we were kids and we didn't have much stuff to do. Yeah, yeah. We're adults now. There's responsibility to be had. And with responsibility comes tough times, but tough times build stronger people. So it's all the Exactly. So building on that, I wanted to get into something like Chester was kind of like against that whole new metal thing because he wasn't into one genre, as the majority of his albums have said. And for you, for you and myself, we probably know him mainly from like Hybrid Theory and Meteora, mm-hmm. like those original like rock, like heavy rock with the element of screamo, element of like pain. 
Um, I was wondering, did, did, as did it happens, you... I've actually been listening to those a load this week. Um, before, before I even um, spoke to you about doing this podcast, those had been my soundtrack for this week anyway. It's so funny that you should say that because, like, I listen to those when I'm working out. Like, they're two of like mm. that keep you going. They give you the blood flowing, and it's such a, you know, I didn't realize, you know, the sort of pain and suffering that were within the album from from Chester's point of view. But for me personally, I gain a lot of sort of clarity and a little bit mm. of just pushing myself a little bit further. Do you do you what do you get out of them? Um, similar sort of thing. Obviously, when you're younger you listen to it and you think oh my god this is so heavy i've never heard anything like this it's got rap in it but i still really like it all this sort of stuff and you just take it at face value and because you're a kid you think it's the best thing ever and then you grow up still liking it but the older you get you listen to it more and you you actually start to understand a bit more because uh, i don't know when you're a kid you hear the words um and you think okay this sounds cool yeah. but when you're an adult you actually take it in a lot more and you understand what it means or you can interpret what it means and maybe yeah. you think yeah this guy was going through some shit and you probably relate to it a bit more as well I mean hopefully not but yeah you know, it can be related to it, it can be and I, I was about to say like I didn't realize until I was doing my research today and you know this is years later after hybrid theory and, and meteor have been released you know with 20 plus years later um I didn't realize Chester had been in an incident when he was a kid, he was molested. Um, this is now, you know, he put that put this out there back in I think it was 2007, 2008 in Kerrang. Um, and yeah, I mean, him and Henry Rollins share that while Chester wrote his lyrics and then fell into alcoholism. It seems Henry fell into working out heavily and <laughs> and going traveling basically, but they, but they share that yeah, and well, it does seem got that coping methods, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, I was going to ask you, do you think that rock stars have this sort of like what I say rock star? What I mean is like guys who do music and they they put these heavy emotions out there. Do you think they are mm. carrying a little baggage with them? I do it all the time. It's um, you just reminded me of the the abuse thing I think is it Jacoby Shaddix from Papa Roach he had a similar sort of thing when he was younger yeah. mm. if I remember reading about that in Kerrang um, mm. obviously with the recent passing of Joey Jordison that's reminded me of a few things yeah. and I've been listening to a load of their music again Yes, and you think their first couple of albums well all their albums really but their first couple especially are just full of this really sort of raw aggressive anger and if you read in the interviews and stuff, like when they were doing Iowa, it was a really turbulent, messed up time. So it does it does create good music. I guess they pay a price for it. Yeah. And sort of feel like, especially with newer stuff, where music is more emotional. Not that it's necessary, but it's a key sort of building block for that that kind of music. It is, yeah. And it's really sad because obviously you lost, you, you well, Chris Cornell from Soundgarden had the same mm. fate uh, as both Joey, Joey Jordanson and, and, you know, when they're taken too early, basically. Um, Didn't Chris sing at Chester's funeral? It was the other way around. Chester the sang around. at Chris's. That yeah. That was the one. Yeah, and, it sucks, man. 
it, yeah. And it, it, how it Chris, held it together. Um, I think that was part of it. Part that was one of the last straws for Chester. I think Chris's Chris's death really sort of took a blow to him. He was a close friend, mm. and a lot of people didn't understand why Chris killed himself because he had everything basically. This this guy had, you know, a lifetime of albums and you know traveling and and seeing and doing having everything that most people would want and linking to that Chester said something in an interview that really got me and something that we all should realize before any sort of like money or fame or anything is given to you is that even if you obtain success you still have to deal with the day-to-day life of depression anxiety and the things you dealt with before you were successful that's the thing man you can be think of it like this you could go to the biggest most fancy party with everyone there and things can be great and yeah you've got that side of things but you can still go home to an empty house or a depressing house i mean you 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 get there and you think you just get you're sort of trapped with your thoughts it can happen yeah and he I'm glad you used those words as well because uh, there was another interview where, and it was it was really kind of sad because it was one of uh, the closer ones near to 2017 where Chester said to an interviewer like, "This space between my head is like a dark place that is always out to get me," and yeah. sadly, uh, I mean for me personally, when I saw how the interviewer responded, I was kind of taken aback and like, "You laughed at it. Why are you laughing? Like this is." something this guy's putting his emotions out there quite seriously um and it you you don't realize i think a lot of people in the moment when when we say stuff like this they don't take it too seriously they're trying to detach from it because it's so well they might they might just see it as like a a touch of showmanship maybe that sort of thing yeah yeah Do, do, do you see that in normal people do you think people try and cover up that emotion a little bit oh yeah 100 especially I think now that it's such a widely recognized thing, it's honestly trivialized. Mm. You know, we've all done it. But I think people, whilst people understand it more, with that comes people would joke about it and trivialize it more. And, you know, maybe if that's, if that's how they feel comfortable talking about it, then, you know, maybe it's a good thing. But... It's always a double-edged sword, I suppose. It is indeed. And I think that's that's generally, that's actually related quite well with how we talk about the 90s and how we talk about the noughties in, the, in this, you know, yeah. quite nostalgic, blurry, beautiful way in the sense of all these nice things because the other side of that was that there were things going on in the background that we weren't aware of that were happening um, that we trivialise today and that, we we just deal with on a day-to-day basis yeah, i think a lot of time people again something we're all guilty of just tend to look at the better side of things i mean look at for example i don't know 50s america is always painted as being yeah. this glamorous time and you've got diners and cool cars and stuff but then you also gotta remember they were just some racist ass people about them man <laughs> it's not much better now but yeah you know well there was there was there was some dark stuff i hope the kkk aren't marching in the fourth of july parade nowadays let's just put it that way Um, Mm. because that was happening back then and that was a thing 
uh, in many places in the south of, of the US. So very well made point right there is that we can all glorify eras of history without realizing that there's always a downside. It's, it's pretty dark as well. So we've talked about emerging onto the scene, you know, Chester's coming coming in with Lincoln Park. I wanted to talk to you about a story that I heard that actually this is, this is you know, a little bit of a lighter tone and it, it kind of describes Chester in quite a, a good light and how this is how you and me, we, we should probably, if we ever get any sort of success ever in life, we should probably deal with like, you know, there's a there's an inbuilt part of everybody where they're like, I'm going to show everybody what I'm like when I'm successful, you know, sort of that like, oh, yes, look at me like ha 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 at that point. <laughs> but, the, you know, the truth is, is you want to take the higher path. And this story is, is exactly that, is that Chester talks about going on his first tour ever. And they don't name the band who was headlining the tour at the time. But we, we just, I think it was assumed that it was Union Cross who were the band. I've never heard of this band. Ringing no bells there, dude. Ringing no bells. <laughs> there you go. And... Apparently, these guys were complete drama queens. Like, they were taking up every tour bus. They were, like, taking every single, like, piece of space there was. They treated every other band like shit. And throughout the entire tour, they did this. And Linkin Park, they went on multiple tours where there were bands like this. And so Chester and, like, the re- Mike Shinoda and, and the rest of the band sort of said, like, you know, if we're ever in that same position we're going to make sure that that doesn't happen and so seven i think it's like when they get to the height of their prime of their careers you know early early 2008 era and they see this guy the lead singer from the band union cross and he comes in he's like oh how are you doing you guys are doing brilliantly let's have a chat you know let's let's see how you're doing and obviously if you're in chester's position you could have a moment here where you could like give this guy loads of crap, tell him like, you treat us like shit. Like, how dare you look how well we're doing now. But this guy, he said to them, and I can't, I, I will never be able to get this out of my head. This union cross guy, no, I'm not lying here. No cap literally said to Mike Shinoda and Chester, he said, I should be in your position right now. Our band's better than yours. And this is seven years after doing the original tour. <laughs> and, you know, in that position, what would you do, Jordan, if you were told that? Like, if you said that to somebody, like... <laughs> Dude, I don't even know. I don't know if I'd <laughs> laugh in his face or just walk away. It's, it's hard to describe the emotions that anyone would feel in that position. But apparently Chester being Chester... He said to him, well, you know, it is what it is. Good luck. And I hope you have a fantastic career. And just left it at that. And I was like, pretty humble. Dude, like he could have done all sorts of things in that in that moment there. We all dream of moments like that where we meet people mm. that we've disliked in our past and we want to give them some some retribution some you know do, do out some revenge but i want to hear your perspective say, man, this, this, this sounds like a lot sounds a lot like how a lot of uh rock and roll related fights would start 
Exactly. And I, you know, I always think of one of your favorite brands where it's like that 80s era where they've got like the hair up and they're like, they jump in the crowd and they like, they punch people in the face when they're like in the crowd coming in and they have that whole like smashing guitars and like that whole punky vibe to them. And oh, good old days. Yeah, it's funny, isn't it? Because <laughs> because if you compare that to what Chester's done there, it's very like namaste, sort of like, you know, yeah. over the head. That's super, super chilled and humble. Yeah. But I think you've got to have a balance, you know. I mean, yeah, it can be fun to jump around and trash the stage and do the rock and roll stuff. But at the same time, you're still a person. you still got to have these moments of interacting with someone and not being cocky you know yeah 100 percent. and 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 the best thing about having friends like yourself is like they know your past they know who you were previously and you can get a nice little taster of reality whenever you get too high on your horse you know what i mean like <laughs> <laughs> like there's there's that level up there isn't it where you can you go back home, you have that sort of reality check with your friends. And yeah, I was, I was going to ask you this as someone who's like an aspiring drummer, you've got your own channel, you're doing things at the moment, you're making moves. Do you ever think to yourself, like you aspire to that level and what you'd be like in that position? It would be nice. I, I don't know if it will happen or not, because frankly, I have no idea how to make that happen. I just like to just like to play drum sometimes, but, um, I guess we all like to think it wouldn't change us, but mm. I honestly don't think it would change me. I mean, I'm, I'm 27 now and I still, at least in some ways, think and act and play like I do when I was 17. So why should it change from here? Mm. You know, I've got I've got a lot more money now than I did when I was 17. And the only difference is that I can now fund the silly ideas I have rather than just thinking about them. It hasn't changed change my attitude as a person that might make you a little bit stronger bud because you have a value for that sort of build to get there you know you never know it might it might be something i mean if someone ever asked for like five percent of uh, your future profit should we have to say no <laughs> you know but 17 well, depends what's on the table <laughs> <laughs> oh no we've got we've got you a what you're one of the record deals basically willing to happen <laughs> Have you heard of those terrible deals back in the past? I have. I've heard, um, I think that's it, might be when my dad that told me. Maybe it was someone else. It doesn't matter who told me, but mm. I have a feeling it was Steve Tyler. Mm. It might have even been you that said this. Um, they sort of got him super drunk before that signing the contract. Yeah. That sort of thing, that man. That's, oh. Scary stuff, aren't it? Can I just wake wake up the next day in a pool of your own vomit and then find out you've like signed your life away, basically? Yeah, and the, and the fact that that's legal, <laughs> like you you got a legal contract when you're intoxicated. That's crazy. Welcome to America, baby. <laughs> <laughs> it is funny how we view America, isn't it? Like we look at it as this. Yeah, that sort of thing just doesn't surprise me, you know. Yeah, 
it, it is it, it's like a viral video it always makes me think if something crazy is going to happen and they you know there, there's a few things that happened in the uk where i'm like okay you know that's a bit crazy like the number 17 bus knocking someone like literally driving into somebody like i've seen oh, that do before. that's our title oh my god exactly <laughs> <laughs> and then getting up. Guy, i hope he's okay it's just yeah Shout, shout out to the guy who recovered, got up on his feet and got hit by the number 17 bus. Yeah, he seems all right, so. <laughs> shout out. Uh, but like in America, like we're talking about like people shooting rockets into each other, like just people firing guns in crazy Yeah, it's positions. crazy, man. You should always never do that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it does make me laugh because I, whenever I look at Lincoln Park and I tried looking up stories today, genuinely for, for this podcast to find stuff where they'd gone crazy. See if they did any rock and roll shit. They didn't. They didn't do any rock and like they, the, the craziest thing is like Chester gets awarded for helping with charity, basically. And like, you know, oh, doing man. stuff. That's like hardcore. You know, I like that though, man. It's humble. It's um it it shows that you know, I've got I've still got a lot of respect for musicians that have the rock and roll life because that's part of it. But mm. I think with Chester and Lincoln Park's case, it just goes to show they're really about their craft. You know, oh man, I, I'm glad you said that because for me personally, whenever I compare them, because th- th- they have lasted a long time. Like a lot of people mm. look at bands, some bands just fizzle out and they burn bright, they do amazing, but they, you know, they collapse basically. I was actually thinking, sorry to interrupt you, I was thinking about this. I think it was actually today I was thinking about it because, mm. you know, when you're isolating at home. You have nothing to do but think. <laughs> but um, so many bands now just don't have that sort of staying power. Yeah. And yeah. I either said this on the last podcast or I just said it in general because it's a thing that I rant about. Um, yeah, you think about all these bands from the 80s and 90s, you know, playing the emphasis all that as well. But there's so many music, pieces of music and bands and albums and all that sort of stuff that have become classics i don't hear anything come out now that i think this is going to be massive in 20 years time you know yeah and i do feel that there has been some sort of lack of creativity move i mean some of the bands i hear nowadays are just kind of carbon copies of previous bands from from years yeah. ago um i've m- mentioned them before I do like them, don't get me wrong. Greta Van Fleet are a very talented band and they're great to listen to, but they do remind me of of Van Halen or like the, you know, that sort of 80s vibe. Yeah. Uh, just a repeat. And they're the young younger band, you know? They're meant to be the aspiring change the music scene era. Uh, but it... They're, they're hoping... like what Parkway Drive are to their own music, just more of the exact same good stuff. Yes, exactly. And it well, they have their own genre, don't they? And in, in some ways, because because of that, because of how Parkway Drive are. And to be honest, I don't listen to enough Parkway Drive to be able to understand the like I mean either, dude, but what I've heard has uh it'd be hard to tell which album a song is off, you know. <laughs> <laughs> That's savage. <laughs> that just means everything everything just consistent and just like monotone. But, you know, a lot of a lot of great bands have done that. They stick to their formula. Um, Slayer, I love Slayer to bits. Again, 
you hear a song, couldn't tell you which album it's off. But Linkin Park sort of didn't do that. Their ch- their sound changed a lot. Yes. Even even and between I- the first two, when you think they're quite a similar pair of albums. Yeah. A few moments later. Wait, what were you going to say there, bud, between Hybrid Theory and Meteora? Oh, was it? Yeah, I think... I'll just cut in again. So, yeah, I think the amount that you hear their sound mature between Hybrid Theory and Meteora, even that little gap out of their entire career makes up such a little slice of it. The amount it changed between just those two albums, even though they're quite similar was massive and you hear you hear them change their formula so much between each album to the point where you know you you could be forgiven for thinking they've lost their way a little bit if you want to call it that because I was, I was a huge fan of their first two and then everything after that a little bit more each time I was like mm, this is it's it's not really what made me love them in the first place it's good but it's not it's not what I came here for but believe it or not, for me, it was the other way around. I mean, I love Hybrid Theory and Meteora. They're great. But for, for me, personally, Castle of Glass and uh, What Remains and all of these great songs in the early 2010s, uh, for me personally, I was able to listen to that music with my dad. My dad and me would go on road trips and we'd hmm. chuck those in the car and we'd be able to listen to them together and be like, oh, you know, this awesome. is great. This is so cool. Like, And it brought us together. And I love stuff like that when you relate with two different generations of people. Yeah, uh, I think it's important same. to do. Yeah, exactly. And um, yeah, for, for, for me, actually, I want to make a point here as well, is that there is a big thing where bands evolve and people don't like that evolution. And that's fair enough. People can have their opinion. What I didn't like was in Chester's later years when he did do One More Light, that video um, before he died got something along the lines of 250,000 dislikes, something crazy like that, something mad, something that really upset me personally because I looked at it and I upset could... him as well. Yeah, he did go on record and say he put his heart and soul into that album and people basically shat on it. And uh, the worst thing was is that when he passed away, is that the uh, like ratio changed and 2 million people liked it and mm. uh, pissed me off if I'm honest people are cowards well, you, you got to think that it could have been his death brought it, their music to light but you know how people are only appreciated more after their death Yeah. Um, you could have had loads of people who have never heard of Lincoln Park suddenly hear about this dude dying and uh, yeah, I, I don't know how to feel about that. I'm going to check about the first one that came up because it's ring and you get fans ask their first experience and they like it. It, it also could be, could be like you said, it could change in the tune. So I guess what you cut out, dude. Oh, sorry about that. No, I, I was saying it, it, you know, as much as I want to be Mr. Positive in that area when it comes down to like changing and stuff like that, I do feel that in, in that case, in that specific case, it kind of, for, for me, there's no real sort of, you can't redeem yourself as, pe- as fans when you basically 
attack a man. I mean, fair enough, like people don't know that he's in a depressed state. But like, if you listen to the lyrics enough, you can hear the pain. Um, and it, it, it kind of... A few moments later. It does make me wonder if not just Chester, but artists in general will sit there and look at their YouTube channel and look at the reviews they get and look at how many dislikes they get or go through comments on their various social media. Because you know, like you get all the nice ones at the top, but you scroll a little bit further down, you see all the people just talking, talking trash about it. it. Makes me wonder if they do look at that and if it does get to them. Because it's like you said, if you pour your heart and soul into it and you're all about your craft, and it doesn't go down well. Yeah, people aren't obliged to like it, but if they don't, it does suck. Yeah, it, it and when how he described that period of his life, I imagine it was basically the last straw for him personally. Um, yeah, it probably didn't help at all. Um, yeah, because if you've already, if, if things have already piled up to that extent, and then. You are in, I guess, if you think of your fans like a family, if they turn on you, yeah, it's going to be horrible, man. That, that, that would push a man. Exactly. And I, I wanted to get into this a little bit in the sense that, you know, society's now moved to this point of like, you either like something or you dislike something. It's so black and white, isn't it? You know, and, and with depression as well, like you said, we can trivialize that idea. But I want to understand from your point of view as well, as who's someone who's seen like, you know, we've grown up with social media. What you think of, of, of the current state of things? A few moments later. No, I don't think it helps. To be honest. You know, it's, it's a great tool for staying in touch and networking. And I owe my career to social media effectively because without Facebook, I would never have managed to build my job as a photographer and make a living from it. So that comes from it. You got just trolls and bullies and image issues, all this sort of stuff that stems from it. And sometimes I do wonder if it has sort of, I'm going to sound like a right old fart here, if it sort of ruined, ruined the youth a little bit. Because not that I tend to be around young people that much, but even people in their like earlier twenties, they just they'll sit there on their phone flat out watching TikToks over and over. I'm like, you're literally like a rat just itching for another pellet in a test lab. Like they're just a slave to this little box. And I think people don't do stuff enough that makes them want to not check their phone. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and we've not done anything about that as a society, as well as individuals is like, we just create more content. We just create mm. more for people to watch and to, for people to listen to. And, you know, here we are feeling that. He, here we are feeding the great beast. <laughs> feeding up. But uh, <laughs> it's one of those things, man. Like it's, it's an inescapable part of life now. But you, you can add some some new stuff can't you like you can you can try and put stuff out there that makes people aware of that yeah i think it's you just it'll go person to person it's sort of responsibility that everyone has to themselves it's just to strike a balance yeah. you know it's 
on the subject of mental health, I don't think it is good for your mental health to spend that much time on the phone. You know, I'm I'm as guilty as the next guy. Sometimes I'll sit on Instagram and just look what's on there. But even even then, I'll I'll go maybe like five, ten posts down my newsfeed and think, nah, bored now, and go and do something that doesn't involve that because yeah. I'm aware that I don't need to be staring at my phone all the time. It's so, you know, again, it's a great description because I think to myself of Chester's description of like, he would go away from those things. He would go do stuff for family. He would cook and he would clean mm. and he would speak to speak to people, go speak, speak to bandmates, go make music in order to get away from his mind. And it's got a very similar sense as how people treat their phones they go and do stuff to to get away from the technology. Do you think do you think that's like men you know, the mental thought process is the same there? Yeah. It's like it's like when you get these um how what they call them now, you know, you get the unplugged retreats or whatever you call it, where people will go on a holiday yeah. specifically to get away from their phone. I'm like, dude, if you have to go on a holiday to get away from your phone or to stop using your phone so much. Yeah. <laughs> there's there's there is bigger issues at hand. <laughs> <laughs> it's so true. <laughs> You've got some underlying problems there, buddy. Uh, Honestly, but... man. Yeah, it's, it's, it is worrying. But it's also not my business. I like you. <laughs> yeah, I, I, that hands up in the air. At the end of the day, we're just shouting out opinions here that should not be taken seriously <laughs> i'm gonna emphasize <laughs> that for people like we're just chatting because i want to i love putting stuff out there doesn't mean i'm gonna apply it to everybody because the, one of the biggest mistakes i've made in my life is thinking that just because i'm doing something and it's working for me doesn't mean that everyone else should do that that's the thing man not everybody fits in boxes but you know try telling a younger version of yourself that you know and I, I do mm. think about this a lot is that as I've got older, I've managed to understand that everybody has some sort of like, you know, story going on in their, in their life. You know, everybody's yeah. got a path, but There's, there is a word for that. I can't remember what it's called, but I don't know if, if you're sort of stood in a crowd or something and you just think to yourself about how each of these persons these people in the crowd has their own story and their whole life and their whole their whole web of stuff they got going on and then you sort of get lost in the thought of it there is a word for this i don't know what the word is or what language it's in but yeah that's that's the thing yeah I'm, that's gonna bug me now i'm gonna have to go find it out with, I mean, tell you what, what I'll do afterwards is I'll, I'll look it up and I'll ping it up in the corner here as I've done in previous scores. I mean, for the audio listeners, I'm so sorry. Like, I, I can't just shout in the mic afterwards, like the word maybe, but like uh, maybe I should do post, post-credit post cut now and uh, we'll, we'll see what happens. But um, I wish my editing was that good. Director's cut. Director's cut. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. But uh, yeah, oh, that was it as well. Yeah, we, we went off on some real tangents there sorry man no 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 I, i'm <laughs> trying to find some stuff here that's oh that was it as well like relationships is a real big one nowadays and i'm relating this to what we've just said about how 
the fact that we see through phones, we go through dating apps and stuff like that. And Chester was talking about how, you know, he would go see people. And as I said earlier, he would go create. He spent his birthday, right? His his last birthday before he, he passed away, just doing nothing. He would, he his his birthday, he spent watching Kung Fu movies, eating cake and eating ice cream. And the reason why this sounds is like important, dude, exactly, exactly. It sounds like a great time, but it's important because he was saying, like Mike Shinoda said, it's because he never stopped going. He was either creating his craft, spending time with family or out with friends or doing extracurricular activities, you know? And to me, that's like, wow. Like this guy, to me, understood that, like even though he doesn't say social media or he doesn't say like modern day life, but to me, what he's doing is he's distracting himself with what's important to get away from that sort of negative Mm -hmm. mindset, that depression. This is the thing, man. When you see someone that's constantly on full gas Mm -hmm. and always doing something and never takes a minute to sit down, it does make you wonder what are they running from? What what is it they've got going on that they never wanna they never wanna have a minute alone with their thoughts? What what would you say to somebody who who doesn't take breaks, who doesn't stop? Because I am today's society does, and I'm gonna say it here, does revolve a lot about around work, work, work. I don't know if you've noticed lately, but there's this sort of culture where you've got like people like Gary V and like all of these like influencers it's like, you need to work so many hours. You've got to do this, that, and the other. And you need to be working yeah, constantly. Grind culture, I guess you'd call it. Yeah, that's it. I think that's, that's got even worse over the course of the pandemic. Oh, we're on pandemic talks now. That's good. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but since people have been stuck at home, there's this real sort of, don't call it social nagging to just be super productive all the time and it started off innocently enough you know with people making sourdough and growing plants but (laughs) there's just this thing of everyone has to have a side hustle and you always have to be doing this and doing that and if you're not working out x amount and not doing this that and the other at work that i don't know somehow makes you lesser but there needs to be a little bit more social emphasis on chilling out every now and then and taking a break give yourself a break you know I, you know it's well done <laughs> <laughs> um me and jordan were talking previously that i am guilty of all of those things that jordan has just said basically um so for those who don't to know everyone am, listening to this if you have chris's number send him a text <laughs> as you're listening to it and tell him to have a drink <laughs> and that will be a reminder for me oh dude that'd be great i hope that comes to bite you lots <laughs> jordan unlike you i don't know enough people for that to come and bite me in the ass <laughs> well, we, can, we can hope <laughs> oh god yeah oh mate that's my worst nightmare people sending me texts all the time um yeah <laughs> uh, to, to sort of emphasize on that as well as like i did um i think i've spoken about this before but I basically did six months of work this year without a break. I didn't take any holiday. I just did six months work all the way from January to June, nonstop, 
grinding it out. It's all good for you, man. Well, I burnt out, mate. And it's it's made me realise... If you, if you can do it, then, you know, some people are up to it, but it's not healthy to do. Humans, we're not designed to do that. No. And it's, it's also made me realise, like, this whole nine-to-five culture has also become a a toxic thing in itself as well, is that, you know... There's so much time people spend working. And I, we will get back to Chester in this, but this is really important to say. It's like part of Chester's death was the fact that he worked himself into the ground, basically. Mm. And that, that led to alcoholism and running away from his problems as well. well this is ways. the thing of it. That's, I guess he's showing the, the worst extreme of it. Mm. But it is a thing that can happen. You know, if you... It sort of pushes yourself beyond the parameters of what humans as an animal are supposed to do you don't see if you flick on the discovery channel you're not going to see a lion just on smoke 24 7 they're going to have a nap in the sun sometimes because they understand that they need a break why do humans find it so hard to have that i guess the world we we live in has sort of told everyone that we need to be working all the time and i guess with the price of things nowadays we do but it's important to have a break it is important to have a break and i think that society's created an invisible tally chart for everybody and it's uh idea of oh who's going on on the nice holidays oh who's wearing the nice suits who's driving the nice cars and who's doing this and who's doing that and Mm. i think one of the the big things here is that they don't take into account rest recovery sleep big one there as well because mm-hmm. chester also admitted to uh to not getting more than six hours i think his maximum was six hours a night yeah, so he was good. that that sleep. shit will have a, a very strong cumulative effect on a person mm. how, how much do you sleep jordan how much what's your sleep like amount uh dude it varies um when i was younger i used to constantly strive for between 10 and 12 hours a night nice because you know i managed to do it and it was nice but now again it varies sometimes it's five six hours sometimes it's maybe seven not enough i'm always tired but i just can't i can't sleep that much even if i if i work away at night until four or five in the morning i'll be up again at i don't know between 10 and 11 because that's just when i wake up Mm. and do you, do you feel like the difference between like that eight hours and that five? Like, can you, can you tell? Yeah, dude. I mean, I never really wake up feeling rested anyway. I don't know how people do it, but it's more towards the end of the day when you start, you start flagging a bit and your heels get heavier. You know? What? Well, in your case, sir, I know exactly why you don't feel rested. And that's because nocturnal, non-sleeping in, in the night <laughs> is actually adverse for the human brain and adverse for the human body. Um, and it's been proven by uh, Dr. Michael... Um, oh, God, I can't remember his last name. He wrote a book called uh, "Sleep: Why Sleep is Important, Why We Should Sleep. Mm. And uh, I think if you read that... Oh, it, one of my friends actually it. told me about this book, actually, because he was... He was uh sticking Concerned. on me about <laughs> yeah he was telling me how bad it is and i was like dude i know i've probably knocked a whole buttload of years off my life by now it's like smoking bro it's like smoking mm. 
you know, you, but, you see you know, at least people. If I take up smoking and get a day job, they might cancel out. No, <laughs> I'm not going to make that bet, bud. I'm not going to make that bet with you. <laughs> hey, man, you can look at me like that all you want, but you don't drink enough water, so. <laughs> Why do you think I'm shredded 90 percent of the time? <laughs> that's why, because my body's just dried out. It's like maybe not... that's why I'm starting to look a bit plump around the edges. I've got too much water retention going on. You've got too much water. That's it. Just, just dry fast, for it. No, I'm not going to re- recommend that on the podcast. That is evil beyond. <laughs> four or five liters a day is messing me up. You know. <laughs> oh my god i can't even think of doing that i can do two liters like that's that's as good as it gets for me but uh dude yeah. with, with the amount of running and lifting you do you should be on way more maybe maybe that's probably yeah i mean crazy. That's part crazy boy crazy yeah it's definitely it and you know getting back to sort of <laughs> chester i forgot where we were that's we, bad the podcast again. yeah derailed uh i'm gonna go onto a random one here but one funny moment that i picked up on that i did think was a little bit off you know a little bit rock and roll it was like chester was apparently in the crowd for like a 2014 gig after they released um hunting party and he was doing the gig on live television and apparently a fan took four fingers and literally straight in, like into his mouth <laughs> Like, how do you handle man. that? <laughs> yeah, dude, I feel speechless for him. What the hell? That's just a strange thing to do. This is like stories like that. I mean, that's disgusting. Number one, like you know, that's you don't do that. You don't you don't put four fingers in someone's mouth. I mean, it's just Even like if they want you to. Don't do that. <laughs> just scrim, man. Just choke the person. Okay, it's fine. Like we'll do that. But um, like for, again, foreign object number one. Number two, like he's in the middle of singing. What 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 goes through a person's mind when they think that's okay? Like genuinely, I'm, I'm so. They didn't have respect for the craft. <laughs> <laughs> they, they, they go to the gig they're like you know what i'm really not enjoying today's today's gig therefore instead of the five finger death punch it's four fingers <laughs> yeah the four finger song pause yeah, like, i don't know geez. that's maybe maybe they just sold themselves out and thought you know this could be my claim to fame that's really annoy someone well I like, think like Chester. that like that interviewer <laughs> that tried to kiss will smith or whatever it was do you remember that Oh my god, yeah. And he, he's he, he fully like married at that point, isn't he? Just like Jesus. Yeah. Oh my god. Oh uh, man. Yeah, Some people, people have just, weird would... boundaries. They have they, they, like yeah, no think, boundaries. Is I think it seems to be worse with famous people because they they assume that they can do what they want to them. Hmm. Or they can ask what they want or say what they want. And you gotta remember that they're people too, especially you know, this whole Chester thing knows that home or drives that home is that they are people. Yes. They have oh, their man. own thoughts and feelings. If, if you're going to learn anything from this podcast is that reality is harsh, number one. Number two, like, celebrities are people. 
we're all people we're all you and the camera or you listening right now you're a person like this is how we're going to get through life it can happen to anyone yeah check on your mates people oh that's a big one that's a yes so again one thing that is kind of toxic I will put it. I know that gets thrown around a lot, but I will use the word toxic culture in the idea that, oh, I'm strong enough. I can take it. I can really get through today. Like I don't need to speak about my feelings. Let's get past that a little bit, you know? And uh, I think what you've said there, Jordan, uh, in checking in on mates. Actually, a question for you. How would you check in on your mates and what's the best way of doing it? I don't know. I think really it is just a simple thing to do just send them a a text message or send them a message of some sort and say how are you doing and if you know don't be pushy with it but just you know really how are you doing Mm -hmm. and actually listen yeah you know you haven't got to be pushy with it you haven't got to make a whole big deal of it sometimes they're not going to want to talk about it but you know even if one time out of a hundred times you've asked your mates someone says oh you know actually i'm having a bit of a shit week talk to them you might you might save a life you might help someone yes and that's that's a real big one there is that during the pandemic and during the last two years suicide rates have gone up by i think it was something along the lines of 20 percent, not just only within the united kingdom but throughout the world Um, yeah i can well believe it uh we should all be a little bit more aware Uh, I know mental health, as you've said, Jordan, has become one of those things that people just throw out there and it can become a little bit like, you know, chucking information into the wind a little bit. But again, uh, something that I love doing with with Jordan and friends, sending memes. I'm not going to lie. That makes my day. (laughs) Like, let's not let's not beat around the bush here, Jordan. We get a, a, a total kick out of that. We do. I think that that in itself is another another good way to um, keep tabs on people. You know, if you have a group chat or something and you you regularly have a laugh in there, if someone goes quiet, man, you know, if, if someone's having a bad time or they're a bit snowed over, snowed over, snowed under, snowed under. Yes. Um, yeah, just ask them. Like I do it every now and then. If if one of my friends goes particularly quiet, and it's someone that I know I'm close enough with to ask just send a message like yo dude you've been quiet this week what's up Ah. Mm, it's it's a big one is literally just taking that first step because something that i have seen is and I've, i've spoken to people about this before is that we're all feeling that we're all in our own lives in our own bubbles and uh you can feel like that self-importance like oh why should i have to do it why do i have to like put it out it's just like do the right thing i think the main thing is like be no, be I the better if person you, if you if you think about it that way when it's one of your mates in question then are you really there mate that like, is... should there should be no hesitation to ask if your mates are right yes do you really care do you, do you actually want to? I, and this is something that I've found recently is like my core friend group. 
I'm happy to talk to anyone at any time of the day. I mean, unless Jordan's going to send me a three o'clock in the morning message because he's at peak hours and he's like, I'm going to get Chris back because finally I have the unlimited power (laughs) and he needs to drink some water in the middle of the night. Then sure, why not? Let's take some water to bed. (laughs) Yeah. I won't text you at night, don't worry. But uh, you know what I mean? Like that even, even then it's hilarious. In, in itself and also I think it's important to, to consider that and to, to say like put it aside if they are truly a close mate you're going to override your programming to think that you've got better things to do and you've got to think that this is truly part of it and if you can learn anything from this is that what me and Jordan have talked about here is Chester didn't have somebody reach out on a regular basis towards him clearly because if he did this his death may not have happened and he may have had someone to speak to. But you've also, I don't know, maybe he did. Maybe there's someone yeah. messaging we don't know about, but you got what you got to consider is how bad it had to have been and felt for that to be what he saw as his only option. Because you, you get this a lot with, um, especially older generations who don't really understand it. Or if someone does commit suicide, they say, oh, that's so selfish. How could they do that? But you, what you got to ask is, yeah, like I said, how how bad did their life have to be, and how life how bad did they think things were for that to be what they thought was their appropriate course of action? Exactly, and you know, it's got to be horrible. I mean, for for me personally, I I look at suicide for for me. I mean, in in the Japanese culture, they honor it. They think it's like some sort of way of you know honoring the warrior who's been defeated and Mm. you can probably you know go into different cultures and see different ways but in the west for me personally i I think of it as quite sad quite you know a lot of people say cowardice as well i hate that it's not cowardice it's actually probably the bravest thing somebody could ever do because you're taking your own life like you know most people have got this self-preservation within them from birth more or less mm. and you, if you think how much like how big your balls are going to be to overcome that yeah it's huge because our programming in as human beings in our dna is to run from the danger to yeah. sprint away <laughs> you know like you said earlier when when a, you see a lion it's resting when it's tired. You see a lion when it's running away from danger from a poacher, it's sprinting away. It ain't just sat there like, ah, oh, yeah, time for me to die. I'm going to kill myself in this period of, you know, the moment because I'm depressed. Like, it's not going to happen, is it? Society, I think, is also building its own coffin in some way, similar to the suicide rate that's going up. I don't know if you ever heard of, like, um, influenza. Did you ever hear of that? Yeah like in it like the idea of um i think it was rich kids who were uh taking their own lives because they basically didn't feel like they were um well important i think i think there was uh some some sort of sort of mental health issues going on but it happened in california where just consistent suicides were happening because you know, their parents weren't at home because they were high paid people and there was all of this mm. sort of social media going on. And yeah, like I said, man, nobody is safe. Yes. And some something I, I wanted to mention as well is that 
a lot of people have a misconception of depression. I've talked to a, quite a few people who've suffered from it pre previously. And for me personally, I've had like, I've felt depressed. I've never been depressed. There's a huge difference between somebody who has been clinically de depressed. So, so who's been prescribed drugs and somebody mm. who is feeling depressed and whether that that's identified with. Um, yeah, it's not the most fun thing. No, but now that we know it's out there, it's worth tackling. Like Jordan's already provided solutions for you right here for friends. If you're struggling with it, like there's going to be ways about it. Get out of your head. Like even though Chester did have like all of these things going on, we have talked about some funny moments here where it's like, that's going to change your life. If you hear these stories, like these silly stories, like where he had that first headliner where he's had like fans mess with him. Like I'm pretty sure he had a stalker, Jordan, at some point. Did you ever hear about that? I did not, but it doesn't surprise me. People do that sort of thing to famous people. Yeah, and, and apparently Chester was an avid um, fan mail person. So he would go through the fan mail and he re would reply personally. So he was a, a big, and that's how one of the stalkers got him, was that he, the address of the place that he was doing this from, they found, and like it went from there. So it's crazy how people, you know, it's even worse nowadays because we have technology, but mm. that's, to me, that's mental. Um, that's but, the thing, man. It's nice It's nice to hear back and to talk with your heroes and stuff, but you, you still got to respect, once again, that they are human. Um, yeah. So give them their space. Don't, don't overstep the mark. Yeah. And it's, it, you know... For me personally, I'm really upset that I never got to see him live. Uh, I never got to see Lincoln Park live. Like that, that yeah, will forever never. haunt me. Yeah. It's, a, it's the same thing with Joey Jordison, you know, who's like my drum hero since I was a little kid. Never seen him play, never got the chance. Live while the sun shines, my friends. Like that's, mm. that's something I'm going to say here and now. Like make hay, make hay while the sun shines because like, you know, I've I've been lucky enough to see some of my favorite bands, but I haven't seen all of them. And you know, with Lincoln Park and, and Chester, that will forever haunt me because they he had such an impact with his lyrics, with the way he lives, and then and the stuff that I've recently discovered about him and how mm. he treated charities and like Jordan said as well, how humble he's shown to be when it comes down to adverse sort of reactions to people and around him. And we've talked about depression today and we've talked about mental health and how there are small steps to be taken. I think, you know, I say repeatedly, and Jordan, I don't know if you've heard this from me personally, but I say, like, if you're really struggling, just message, like, the channel or message or put a comment or anything like that, because, yeah, like, it's, it's, it, you know, if somebody can hear you, it's going to make all the difference at the end of the day. Um, That's the man. A shot in the dark is still a shot, you know? A, yeah. a tiny step in the right direction. Is still gonna have you closer to somewhere good. Exactly, exactly. Uh, and I want to end it on a, a bright note. Uh, I'm not ending it there because I do want to tackle something here. Jordan Green has a YouTube channel of which I am going to post in the, uh, <laughs> the box below. I want to talk about Jordan's new work. Well, we've talked about Chester. Chester's an amazing person as we've talked about, but we want to talk a little bit at the end of this podcast about what you're currently working on, all the work you've put in so far i want to hear a little bit about that because i've gone through all of your youtube videos as you may have seen uh, or not and uh, I, I want to hear about how what's the best part of the work that's come so far what's the worst the hardest bit like what we've been up to 
Um, I think the best part is just just doing it, having fun with it, man. You know, yes, it costs money to do, and it costs time to sit there making all the stuff, but it's fun. You know, it's my hobby. Um, the worst part I would have to say is trying to actually get to a point where I can make and release my own music because personally I feel super driven to do it I feel like I've got some time I've got some money I've got a whole buttload of motivation to do it but I'm a drummer man I don't write music I need people to write music with and yes. it's it is a real pain to just try and actually get people on board and focused and consistently having an input and so finding is, somebody who suits you as well well yeah that's another whole problem in itself but i think i've been in talks with quite a few people and hopefully sometime this year there'll be stuff coming out this super different to anything i've done before so yeah stay tuned for that if it if it if it materializes but i am doing what i can to make it materialize Covid has been a bit of a setback. I've missed a few uh, studio sessions over it. Yeah, but I mean, as as I you can can't in the, control that, can you? You know, you, you can't. No, can't no I can't. No, it's like, you know. But you know, I will say this: I've kicked Covid's ass. I feel fine now. I was only ill for like <laughs> three three days or something. You hear that, Covid? <laughs> you ain't got nothing on that. Walk in the park, mate. <laughs> don't, know, don't know how people are making such a big deal of it. It was fine. <laughs> you just, just like you're drumming drink. your way out of it. You just just yeah, drumming just, your just way. Drink four liters of water a day, man, and you'll be good. That's it, man. That's it. My, well, you my natural Ill. immune system repels anything. I only get ill once a year, so I'm good. <laughs> just, but just drink, just drink five liters of water a day, man. Be a man. I'm just gonna send you a photo now of me drowning myself in water, just literally, just like oh no, just like a waterfall of water, and whatever it takes, whatever it takes, guys. I'm gonna end it there. Jordan has given you a slice of what his future work's gonna be like. I'm excited to say the least because I love hearing. Um, if I'm honest, I'm a huge fan of the Blink 182 covers because they have a special place in my heart, and obviously. They're, they're just a killer drums killer drums Travis <laughs> killer uh, but yeah keep doing your work mate and uh, you know thank you very much for doing this thank you you keep doing it too man you've uh, provided me many hours of good listening so far oh wow I, I appreciate that and uh, let's hope we don't bore people to death <laughs> oh, that's uh, right that's alright that's exactly it so <laughs> This has been a Taylor's Tales podcast. This has been Chris's Corner. I'm your host, Chris Taylor. And this has been a Chester Bennington podcast for Jordan Green. Thank you. Goodbye.